Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss a new series. Well, a new series to the podcast. National Treasure, Carrie, a four-part British television crime drama that aired on Channel 4 from January 10th to 31st of 2018. It is written by Jack Thorne. Directed by Euros Lynn. The show stars Felicia Mukasa as Carrie Akindeli, Sarah Lincolnshire as Miriam Grayson, Lucian Masamadi as Toby Akindeli, Andy Osho as Rochelle Akindeli, Papa Iesudu as Nathaniel Akindeli. Uh, I always mispronounce her first name, but Wunami Musaku as Detective Inspector Vanessa. Leah Williams as Alice Warner. Stephen McIntosh as Jim Warner. Finn Bennett as Simon Warner. Claire Rushbrook as Julie, Julie Burnett. Kara Theobald as Lucy Maxwell and Sue Johnston as Cecilia Grayson. Uh, The cinematography was done by Matt Gray. I'm curious to see because there's not a lot of reception on this series to know how it was received, but it has a rather interesting premise and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to to juggle correctly I mean it's a lot of things that can easily be misunderstood (laughs) based on what their premise is set up but I thought it was a good uh exploration of who these characters are the first episode and how that unfolds the next three will certainly certainly uh answer the question if three (laughs) times are not the charm because this is the third show on hulu that i've watched that is a british television series that has not been very well done and i'm disappointed because i usually typically love my British TV, even sometimes when it's problematic, but these have been some some pretty horrific duds. I'm trying to support my black British actresses in ways that I can't support some of the shows that my American black actresses are in because at least this gives me something to talk about, like the cultural differences, whereas... <laughs> I'm not into football, even though they're like, it's not really about the fun. I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't even, I've tried. Doesn't look at the, I'm talking about American homecoming. I, I, I don't know. Someone else tried to tell me that a CW show is good and I, I want to believe them, but I'm, I'm very hesitant. Sidebar out of the way. Wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe if I haven't already said so. <laughs> if you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. We meet our titular character, Miriam, and we we are pretty much set up to believe this is a woman with very questionable character quirks, but certainly an alcohol addiction because nobody gets up in the morning and puts rum in their coffee takes it all the way back and then puts a flask in their purse she goes to take her dog jesse for a walk and overshares with a fellow walker if someone was talking to me that cheery in the morning i would sucker punch them in the throat that wasn't liquor that was cocaine (laughs) somewhere mixed in that coffee I, I just I I know that people are happy morning people I do try to warn people that I am not one of those persons and please at least give me one to two hours before making an approach <laughs> you can send an email I'm typically at work Now, if I'm at home, it's a little bit more lenient. Yeah, no, I'm not as moody. But if it's at work, and it's usually someone trying to make a demand or tell me about their social life and problems that I don't really give a fuck about, I'm just trying to be polite and a good coworker while I'm here. So she then drops off sausages to someone she helps out. I didn't catch this person's name a bit of a trend as she mentions others would uh prefer mcdonald's but she loves sausages so she helps girls like her she then heads into a school where she's been called to be present for patrick a foster kid with pretty shitty but basic foster parents who got into a fight with a girl fracturing her arm her busyness, of course, is the indication of the of the system in itself that there are a lot of broken souls out there and she's constantly constantly trying to help, which is I will say one of the better characteristics of said character because there are plenty of questionable ones and we'll get to them as they arrive. Patrick wants his dad and she said that is not going to happen. So (laughs) she offers to sit with him and reminds him she believes that he's a good kid. And I'm like, he boxed a girl because she called him a prick. Now fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. It's that kind of reaction that is a positive reinforcement for a negative thing. And I understand you're trying to not be just someone, another authority figure in his life. Feels like that's her approach. Doing the lecturing and the sternness. She wants to do the mother henning thing. 
and the believing, but that's not what these children need. (laughs) They need firm parenting as if you were to parent your own. Um, (laughs) Like, the fuck not. You fractured some girl's arm. Please take him to jail. No, we gonna scare him all the way straight. Okay? We gonna do some things to make sure this is the last time this is gonna happen. But I understand that's not necessarily within her scope. But she didn't need to give him that moment of, oh, just remind me you're a good kid. It's like, no, I'm fucking disappointed in you. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Now, would you like me to stay here with you through this process? Because you're alone. (laughs) Sometimes you got to give them tough love. Back at the office, Miriam is introduced to Malcolm, who has cake. And this is when I wanted to slap her because people do this shit and it bugs the hell out of me. If you are allergic to nuts, do you, don't you feel the need to mention that when someone offers you cake? How about before you mention how it flares up your rash, you ask before you put your hands on said slice of cake and begin taking it from the tray then you put it back like your germs weren't all over it i've had plenty of food i would never eat just casually slide it in the trash or see my first point (laughs) would you like some cake is there nuts in it yes unfortunately i'm allergic nobody needs to know that you have a rash and then when he looks disgusted by it she gonna say everyone has a rash here excuse me bitch oh i think that i found myself an annoying bitch please shut the fuck up if that was me at my desk i would have turned around like um who is everybody you need to speak for yourself (laughs) she's nasty ass her co-worker comes I think Lucy is her name for advice. She's been two years qualified, but Miriam doesn't think that she's qualified enough. And clearly she isn't by the end of this episode. One of the adopted mothers, her underwear is missing as well as some other items from the house, which could mean that the woman is in sexual danger. Miriam makes a comment about how women who are attractive shouldn't really put themselves in the position of adopting children it's like wow says someone who's not attractive (laughs) i I guess i get what her point is but not a that's you know unfortunately you can't make that generalization (laughs) unless she's 22 and walking around in a halter tops i think her attractive face and body and frame does not warrant judgment on whether or not you're a capable foster parent Miriam then goes to see Alice and Jim who have custody of Carrie who she was anxious to go see but Alice was hesitant to allow her up to see the little girl 
Before she showed up, Alice equated her to looking like Audrey Hepburn after complimenting her neck. And I'm like, uh, this is why white parents fostering black children can confuse the racial identity. I'm not saying it would or could. Well, I guess I am saying it could (laughs) clearly. Nevertheless, it does seem they, Alice and Carrie have a genuine relationship with Alice nervous about the six hour unsupervised visit Carrie is being taken to with her grandparents. And this on the, not Eve, but on the cusp of their legal adoption of Carrie, who they seem to have had for quite some time. I'm not sure how long. But Jim seems content with the situation, though he is upset that his son is home instead of at the library studying. I would just be at the library, period. (laughs) As a teenager, I never wanted to go home. That was just not my place to be. Granted, it was like fucking seven teenagers in the house. So plus two adults and two televisions and best believe an adult controlled both televisions. So there was nothing really. <laughs> you, you have more options at the library than I did at home. Uh, it does seem as if Miriam does care about her job. She does keep Carrie apprised of her options as she is visiting her grandparents. You have my number. She made a comment about that. She's like, oh, you know, I gave her my number. I know that's frowned upon. She says, yeah, I'm going because I need to know my black side of my family. And I laughed because I was like, that's probably why. That's kind of a valid reason why. And it's almost presented as if it's a shameful thing, which it shouldn't be. I mean, it is important to understand both sides of your culture. Uh, So even if you, you know, are considering the choice of calling Allison or Alice mom, because that's how you feel about her, there's nothing to say that she can't get to know and love the other side of her cultural identity. I will say, though, I was very disappointed as a social worker that she didn't come in just to take a cursory look around, a glance inside, make sure it's safe. Not only that, this being the first visit with her grandparents, I would have certainly decided to stick around for maybe 10 to 15 minutes just to make sure There's no possibility of the father who's restricted access to his daughter of showing up just to be on the safe side. The fact that she had that moment of worry and you didn't listen to your instinct is unfortunate for all involved. Miriam goes to the court house it was oh and the mom was following her and she didn't say anything about that I would have stopped the car and said nope what are you doing I would have confronted her on that 
But she goes to the courthouse and runs into a kid who's outside celebrating getting off on the charges of rape, something he is absolutely guilty of. She sits in court making notes at the judge's vocabulary when the call comes in that Carrie is missing, to which she replies, the stupid girl or the stupid kid. I understand that reaction though. Sometimes when you're worried, you get annoyed and it comes off as indifferent, but you're honestly very concerned. You just don't show it. Then she's asked by Doug to speak to a DI, which is DI, what was her name? Vanessa Mercer, who is uh, pretty intimidating to speak to, I will say. But she, at first, is not very concerned, believing that Carrie is a resilient girl. She'll turn up. She's flippant. Doug very clearly gave her directions not to use his first name, and she does so. She bristles at the level of urgency, believing she just got anxious and ran away. The nosebleeds are brought up. Something that happened in the car. Something that was dismissed. But due to its lack of severity in comparison to the other clients of hers, I understand why she would be less inclined to believe this would be Like, this is probably the one thing she's going, I don't have to worry about. These are good, bougie, bourgeois, you know, white couple. They live in a nice neighborhood. They seem to really love Carrie. It seems to be a longstanding arrangement. However, (laughs) as soon as I give her all those excuses, I'm like, but it's the first time. You know, it's the first time. It's noted with suspicion at the at the um, allowance of the unsupervised visit that Miriam had arranged. Her attitude certainly isn't helping her asking if she is under investigation, which is an admittance of the insecurity or conscious awareness of some misstep on your own part, which is pretty significant considering the girl's age. She points out transracial adoption is becoming more common and necessary. Interesting. I feel like that's the topic the show wants to delve into. It's a topic I'm not very much knowledgeable on. It is unsettling. The only thing she knows about the grandparents is that they are good people. Unfortunately, your gut reaction to them being good people can be wrong which is why there are systems and rules in place nathaniel is carrie's father who is an ex-offender for drug dealing and was denied access to carrie which would mean the grandparents should not be under the impression they would facilitate contact between father and daughter Finally dawning on her that the tone matches the seriousness of the situation. She realizes this is an abduction case and that Nathaniel was last seen with Carrie in Bristol Downs. Lucy is 
comforting when she gets back to the office however her boss is horrified and wants to know everything in hopes that Miriam didn't fuck up because this will fuck them realizing her error Miriam is more concerned about Carrie who barely knew the man and must be frightened versus Julie who's concerned about how this is going to play out to their careers and worse the media because this has been picked up of course this situation is going to cause a divide it's a it's a media sensational story meant to be exploited for divisive opinion something i'm starting to understand much more of as a manipulative (laughs) democratic device simon joins miriam sitting on a bench which is the son watching the search party offering her a smoke because she gonna need to start the habit dropping the tea about how they were uh, against the grandparents visit his parents were and have effectively thrown her under the bus with her boss's boss who eats a cheese and pickle sandwich i will never understand your food choices simon is feeling some kind of way because his mother told people on a radio station that she felt like carrie was her biological daughter more so than her son because biology doesn't matter whoa that's like fucking mean I'm not sure what she was trying to mean by that, but she feels like she got an agenda and I'm not here for it. Before we can delve into that, a shout calls out and then they find the body of Carrie in the brush and Miriam is devastated. She doesn't know where to go, so she goes to see her mom in a home who is all types of racially and physically abusive to the black staff and calls them thieves. The only comfort, though, she can go to, which is rather sad. We learned that she had a 13-year-old son that died of cancer. And it's clear her mother is a bitch, dismissing her trauma with a do-better-about-your-appearance rebuttal. Only briefly does she pretend to care because she need to get her Rx of alcohol, so it runs in the family. She She tells mom... She took a kid to go see his mom's grave once and when he finally got the courage he spat on it and she wanted to tell him not to look back in shame as your mom deserved that because some people get fucked in life with the people who just don't give a fuck and I think she means that regarding her situation as well. It's the hard knock At the meeting with her bosses, the media have shown up and have ran with the she allowed the unsupervised visit due to a racial motivation, neglecting the safeness of the home and clearly not knowing about contact between Nathaniel and Toby. As stated, I think she certainly could have done greater due diligence and now she's even being accused of possibly wanting to sabotage the the adoption due to racial preference i did appreciate her calling out julie 
being like, you're my line manager. If you look at the paperwork and you thought that it was a wrong judgment call, then you should have done something about it, but you didn't. And now you're not putting your neck out on the line for me saying that 99% of the time you're great, but 1% of the time you're not. And they're going to use that 1% of the time to crucify you. Also, you're suspended since the foster parents are alleging that you pressured them to allow this visit, saying that it would help their chances at the adoption, which would be coercion. And thus, there's an investigation that must be concluded before she's allowed to continue her position. Her notes, however, are, quote, positive and not honest, which, once again, why these rules are put in place you cannot unfortunately go by your gut even if you're right because toby and his wife rochelle seem like really great people that allowed their forgiving nature to probably allow a contact that wasn't legally allowed because their personal connection outstrips the law But quite frankly, that's just not how it is. And that that makes me want to be empathetic more towards Rochelle and Toby. But I can't be because you fucked up. You know, all these tiny little things led to this little girl being murdered no matter who murdered her. Rochelle and Toby are taken to the moor to ID Carrie. They too didn't realize that the situation had turned lethal. And he asked what I was thinking. Why wasn't the adoption parents the one when the DI Vanessa shows up to do the legal identification? But legally, they are not her parents or her DNA. So they keep focusing on the idea that biology trumps you know, the actual raising of a child. It's uh, hard for Toby, who sees the cold shoulder from the family, but also understands where they're coming from. I can't see my baby girl. And in a lot of ways, to Toby, here he's a stranger. But it's going to cause such tension being denied the right to see what you consider a daughter to a stranger just because he's DNA linked, as I was already elaborating on. Damn, kind of cried when Toby had to do the ID formally, but wanted to sing to her. She becomes angry and or he becomes angry once he leaves and a little bit unstable because she was strangled. Hats off to the vendor who didn't call security, realized this was an emotional moment. Rochelle, who was told to stay in the car, comes in because she just knew if shit was popping off. (laughs) We learned that it was her that wanted the reconciliation between father and daughter. And now Toby feels personally responsible and vows to find his son himself. Alice and Jim get home with Jim visibly sobbing. Alice seemed rather cold, considering. Miriam is called to the hospital. 
Lucy has been assaulted by a boy in her care. And it isn't the first time. And it seems like it's dangerous for her to allow said behavior. I don't give a fuck if my boss is looking at me sideways. Maybe you shouldn't handle boys. The two console the other with Miriam aware. I don't know about the whole, you know, I would have been gay for you thing. Wait, what? That they are like, Miriam's like, things are going to get worse. This is why she gets sauced. But when she drives home, she sees even more reporters camped outside her home. So she decides to go to Sausage Girl's place, who allows her to crash, aware that she's being persecuted in the media. But not only does she not like sausages, but she's clearly still using drugs, saying I haven't tidied. That's a nice way for saying I'm using. Despite Miriam's efforts to help her keep clean, that she's been taking credit for she's actually been hiding her true self just putting on an act and it's kind of fitting because Miriam may be putting on an act herself she does repay her though by not allowing dumbass decisions to be made when you're drunk like answering your phone when your work calls hopefully she saved Jesse barking in the car because we know that dog is not well and may die inhaling his own farts that is the conclusion of this first episode i gave it an 8.6 out of 10 thought it was okay i thought carrie was super cute uh i don't know how much we're gonna actually see of that character but it uh doesn't look great that Nathaniel's missing but he's so obviously who everyone believes is the murderer it can't be i'm a little side eye in simon being the you know the non-chosen as he says child the i always always will always look at if it comes to little girls i'm always looking at the men in her life so simon and the husband are the first on my list (laughs) because you're you're close but other than that i mean she could have met with some horrible other type of fate even the kid patrick we saw that he physically assaulted a little girl and then we saw another guy who got off on rape so they introduced quite a few suspects which i thought was well conceived once again if you want to send feedback like our couch at gmail.com my social media will be below like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and black girl magic Hustle, 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 hustle